said something along the lines of like, oh, I'm trying to fuck you or something like that. Like he was like, I'm trying to sleep with you. Like I remember seeing that clip. It's, it's a scene that obviously doesn't make it into the movie, like a line, right? And I think it's... It's trying I, to subvert your your thinking on his character. Did you just learn the word subvert today? What are you doing? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And we're joined by my friend Garrett, and I finally watched Ready or Not. And I also watched, finally watched Ready or Not. Garrett, did you also, also finally, finally watch Ready or Not? No, I watched it when it first came out, and then probably a half dozen times since then. Including right before I got married, which seemed fitting. So you you hate this movie then, I take it. <laughs> um, What? I So... We talked about this a little bit before I hit record, but what about this movie do you love about it so much? I think it is hilarious. And I think that Samara Weaving's character is a total badass. And I don't want to say unexpectedly so, but they make a lot of points uh, early on in the movie about how she is like small and meek and doesn't belong in the family. And then she ends up being like the biggest badass of them all. David, what did you think of the movie? Oh my god, what are you fucking Mori Povich? Why do you like keep going? Anyway, so I I only had time to watch this once because of the new baby. And and what I will say is that I was a little disappointed, not because of anything to do with the movie, right? But because of my expectations. So one thing this movie would have given me a ton of anxiety if I hadn't spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, but I knew she lived at the end because I had seen a gif or a a clip on Instagram of her sitting covered in blood outside of the mansion as it's on fire. And so like, I would have just been anxiety ridden the whole time, even though in these movies, it's called a last girl movie. Like she has to be alive at the end of it. But I, I loved the tone of the movie because I thought it was it, it reminded me a lot of the menu, which I just watched uh, yeah. within the last year. I mean, it came out within the last year or two. Um, and I, I also like, could you have just switched the the two leading girls in those movies? And it would have just been like they both could have handled like those. Like I, I kept having that thoughts of like, this is an Anya Taylor Joy part too that she could have handled, I think would have been an interesting. But like. Love the tone. I loved a lot about it. I, I think the movie, especially in the trailer, definitely misled about the movie to me a little bit. But like, and in some ways, I really enjoyed it. Like Seth Cohen in the trailers and a lot of clips I saw, you know, Adam Brody, who plays Daniel, is like, you think he's going to be the most evil character? And he's the probably the second, like, least evil. Hmm. Um, would you say then that the trailer subverted your, your expectations? Like a, like a, I don't know, like a good movie would a little bit, but then also, you know, thinking back on it and if I watch it again, I'll be like, yeah, she is a very badass, but she also just gets caught so many times. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. You you and I talked about like her narrow narrowly escaping so many of her situations were kind of just luck on her her part. Um especially like at the end with like well, Adam Brody really pulls a lot of strings for her. Um and we'll talk about that later, but I feel like the only part that she really really did something was when she kicked the back of the of the butler's head driving that was like that was all her that was her assessing the situation and then acting necessary on it necessarily on it and it's it's i think for me it's like the strongest point for her in the movie i don't know what you guys are talking about (laughs) she is so resourceful she she drags the tablecloth down uses the box to bash in andy mcdowell's head she grabs the teapot after the gun doesn't work she smacks the dad with the lantern like this is their home it's their mansion she has no idea how to get around or where she is she didn't even know what was happening but but also though saying that she got shot by the little boy um Okay, I want to see you in front of someone with a gun of any age with a gun and see if you don't get shot. My uh, my favorite part is when she punches that little fucking asshole in the in the eye. Um, And then, like, when she beats up the dad, it's because he's been drugged. Um, So, I mean, I like I said, if I watched it again, I would be like, yeah, she is badass. I I feel like one of the reasons, too that I was expecting her to just do a lot better against them. Like this fucking football game, but it's established in the movie that besides aunt Helen, like none of them know how to hold weapons or like do anything. Right. Like they're not trained. The last time they had done this was like 30 years ago. And so like maybe the mom knows how to shoot a crossbow, but like everyone else kind of sucks, dude. Oh my God. The, the, son-in-law the the big fat guy Itch. who my favorite who has, he's, he, he's my favorite okay. character <laughs> i think he's my favorite character too honestly the way he looks up youtube videos and how to operate a crossbow is the funniest fucking thing in this movie when they're gearing up for the for the ritual and he's like fitch come on fitch don't be a bitch fitch you got this fitch. <laughs> my favorite like little thing in there is when he's googling deals with the devil real or bullshit <laughs> That's that. I think that's my favorite gag in the entire movie. Uh, yeah, he's he's amazing in this. Um, yeah, and and I I really like I really like Adam Brody's character in this. Like um, Henry Zerny, it like besides Mission Impossible, this is like now the thing I'll think about when I see him. Um, I think like everyone's great. I didn't know Andy McDowell was going to be in this. Um, I, this is one of those movies though where I feel like because of my expectations for what. I thought it was going to be, I was thinking like you're next, which I do think this movie, if not inspired by is definitely like in a lineage of that movie, but then they're just like, all right, but we're also going to create these other supernatural elements. And I do like, yeah, yeah. I like the way the movie ended. If like, but I, it's kind of also like, it's one of those endings where it's like, it's either this or that. So when it happens, you're not that shocked because they've been setting up the whole time. Like, is this real or not? Um, I think one of the big things about this movie plot wise is is that point of it being real. Are they doing all this for for nothing? How would they know? The only way they would know is that if they didn't do it and they all died, maybe. Right. So they're like, do we become these horrible, evil, psychotic people 
for for just the chance of it being real you know um and then i i always thought too like maybe they were leaning on the side of it being actually real because the box is kind of magic like they put a blank one in there and somehow a card every every time someone gets married a card comes out saying a game i was like oh maybe that's like supernatural enough for them to be like yeah why 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 take the chance so I, i have a question about the box the task was for the for the great great grandfather uh to find out how the box works the first time i saw this i figured it meant like you press the button and the card comes out more recently does the box assess the nature of the person taking the card Ooh, that's good right so it's like is that the that's the analysis to see if you get into the family are you like charity a gold digging whore or are you like grace where you're actually a good person and because of that you're going to draw hide and seek well it's okay so so to that is it because she's a good person she really has to prove that good outweighs evil of this family that's been building up for generations or because charity is such a horrible person does the are you saying like the box assesses that they deserve each other? Because why give charity such an easy game? And then someone who is better than this old maid anyway. (laughs) Chess, right? Yeah. Yeah. The um, Fitch played old maid, but um, yeah. So are you saying like, because charity um, Samara weaving is such like a good person that she needs to like defeat this family? No, I'm saying so. At the beginning, right, Fitch and, I don't know, the brunette daughter are late to the wedding. And everyone's complaining about Fitch. And the dad says, yeah, but he's one of us. I think one of us means, like, evil enough to make this deal with the devil. You know, what, one way you could read it, uh, kind of as you were talking, this is what came to me. So this is a deal with the devil, right? And, you know, in a lot of, like, popular culture, deals with the devil kind of don't work out for people, right? Like, they they eventually the devil gets you back. And so it almost you could say that when the box assesses a person, it's like this is a person that could potentially defeat this family. Right. And like it, you know, Aunt Helen's husband got killed. Right. But then Charity was able to basically kind of survive all this. And so that killed the family, which the devil's like eventually like, hey, I'm not going to let you guys win forever. Like part of the deal is that you guys are going to die um wait charity survived all this no sorry uh grace oh okay grace i do like grace and then charity and then the the names are funny fitch rhymes with bitch um so i do think there is a little bit of like the devil wanting to eventually have this family wiped out because you hear about all these other families that get wiped out and like oh that was a house fire if you believe that yeah um so that is like one way you could interpret it The, the other thing too is like kind of a more global question at the end people were like why did grace not die you know because she's part of the family but i mean one it's like she won the game because she survived till dawn but then two also like they're not legally married until you filed that document with the state so no but i don't but that's the point is she's not part of the family right that's why she drew yeah hard is that's why she drew hide and seek is because she's not worthy and so she can't she can't join the the cult not unworthy enough yeah yeah she's not evil enough right so so let's let's start back at the beginning um 
it's we meet her groom to be um right off the bat i don't know like it's kind of it's kind of smart of the movie to you have adam brody is going to be in your movie and you don't make him the groom so it's it's like okay so what is this guy like what's he potentially bringing to the role and for me i feel like he's the perfect kind of like bitch boy because he 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 not only just like kind of looks super white bread but he comes off as like this um super nice guy who like who loves her and even in the beginning tries to help her right but he's so complacent in the whole thing it kind of just like you're disgusted with him even though he technically didn't do anything wrong for like the majority of the movie well he's the one at the very beginning of the movie who like gets aunt helene's husband killed no because seth is adam brody his character not not adam no adam no, but yeah, but his character is no, but I'm talking about I'm talking Alex. about Alex. Oh, 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 you're talking about the husband. Yeah, I'm talking about the husband. So so you have the husband uh, and he, he is just such like, um, I, I, I guess you would say Daniel's complacent, too. But I feel like even before Alex's bad actions towards the end of the movie and Daniel's good actions, good actions, I use that in quotations, but throughout the movie you still have like this moment where Alex is probably worse. Like he's probably one of the worst. And what makes him one of the worst is he not, he like not even telling her uh, grace about any of this. Well, but one of the things the movie does, cause it starts 30 years in the past with who we find out to be aunt Helen's husband and Daniel hides him in the closet. So you kind of don't know what Alex knows. Yeah, that's true too. He's a little, he's what, you know, four or five or maybe all the way up to seven. Right. And so you don't know if he knows how this whole thing works. He's also been separated from the family. Um, so I, I think the movie wants you, I mean, <laughs> a lot of these movies have to fall onto the same, like kind of tropes or patterns. Right. And like this whole movie, you're like, does this guy become a little bitch and turn on her? And like, you're just like, you know, it's going to happen eventually um like you, but it's I'm, it's weird how they set it up though right because he's actively trying to help her throughout the movie even when he's like unconscious and handcuffed to the bedpost he's still actively trying to get out to help her yeah <laughs> the other like i i explained this movie to my wife uh last night after i finished it and she's like why do they ever get married and i was like yeah why like why didn't he just explain to her like we can never legally be married <laughs> Yeah, so I put that down as a cheat code, right? Like, couldn't you just never get married and then just have kids? Like, well, we'll, move to, we'll move to a common law state. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll write a will. There's a couple of things to that, right? One is is the mention from the mother, especially how she's brought Alex back to the family, back to the fold, and she's going to need her help until like getting him, you know, back into the family because I guess he's. They gave like, I guess Daniel was technically supposed to be the one to inherit all this, but he's an alcoholic and a bum and everyone hates him. So Alex is like the next ideal candidate, but he left the family. Right. So it's like she's thankful that Grace brought him back. She she only brought him back because to get married, because Alex is the one who's like, we got to go back to my parents house and get married. The other thing, too, is that. Yeah, but didn't some other guy try to cheat before and the whole family died anyways? Like there's there's it's well, the deal with the devil. Reference, they make reference to like my great uncle, like they didn't 
pick a card and then the next day everyone died in the house yeah. fire. But you have to actually get married though. You can just date. Like he didn't if if they don't get married then they but, don't ever play the game. To, who's to say with the intent of spending the rest of your life with this person and the cheat code is not to get married, the devil wouldn't look, you know, well on that. I mean, I don't know. By the rules of the movie, they're like on your wedding night at midnight you have to play a game. Those are the rules. So when you have to get married at the estate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't elope. Right. Yeah. If you elope. Yeah. Because yeah, if they got married somewhere else, like in Vegas, then, yeah, they would probably everyone would die. That would actually um, be a funny side plot if like one of the cousins like got drunk in Vegas and got married and then they didn't play a game and in the morning. Everyone was dead. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck. Um, the, the other thing. So in the in, I think we're like kind of on the wedding day right now. Daniel comes in and tells her like, oh, there's still time for you to run. And Alex, you're such a lucky guy. I remember in the trailer, you know, there's this lo- there's this line in the movie when Daniel and Samara Weaving are standing next to each other where he says like, oh, they're just trying to figure out if you're a gold digging whore like my wife. But I remember something in the trailer where he was like, said something along the lines of like, oh, I'm trying to fuck you or something like that. Like he was like, I'm trying to sleep with you. Like I remember seeing that clip. It's, it's a scene that obviously doesn't make it into the movie, like a line, right? And I think it's... It's trying I, to subvert your your thinking on his character. Did you just learn the word subvert today? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the the thing too about that is that even Alex was like, "Yeah, you know, my brother who's trying to sleep with you." Like he says it, um, or maybe she says it, but it's it's said. She says it. No, she says your alcoholic brother keeps hitting on me. Yeah, right. we never see him hit on her. No, but we see him drink a lot. We we do see him drink a lot. We actually see him drink instead of killing her, which is like the first hint of oh maybe he's not all in all in this like everyone else is. But we we don't see him outrightly hitting on her, um, like the trailer or she says. Right. So they have the wedding. Um, I like the Andy McDowell introduction. First of all, they try and like make her hair a little whiter and try and make Andy McDowell not hot. And that's just, that didn't work. And, um, I, once again, we were talking about when Daniel's standing next to her fucking aunt Helen is so fucking creepy in this movie. Like just as a, as a character, like whoever did the makeup and the costuming, like great job. Um, and the wedding's over. And I like when they're like, she's like trying to have sex with him. And he's like, Oh, I need to talk to you. And they just look over and fucking aunt Helen's in there. And she's like, you have to come down at midnight. She's like, what the fuck is going on here? But no. So the Andy McDowell introduction, I think is so cool with the reference to her cigarette box and everything like that. And it's, and it didn't come into play as much as I thought it would as, as much attention was brought to it at that moment. But then she picks it up at the end. I was like, all right, I guess that's, I guess that was the whole point of that scene. And what was what was interesting to me, too, when you know a little bit about the movie, when you see all these other women and men like in-law people that had married in, I was like, how did they make it in? Like, it was a question that was kind of like burning in my head. And then once you get to the game and you find out, I was like, oh, OK, that's like very it's like a cool way to do it. It does lead to the like. What is the percentage chance of drawing that card? You know what I mean? I know we talked a little bit about that, but well, it sounds like a lot of the other folks who married in were aware that if they drew hide and seek, they would have to be killed. Right. I don't even know if they were aware of it, but the last time it happened, like they said, was 30 years prior. So it, 
and and that's back like the I'm so surprised at this because I don't think this was very well timed or cast is that the bride in the beginning of the movie in the flashback was Aunt Helen yeah. 30 years ago, but she did not look as old as she needed to be to look the way she did present time in the in the movie. I mean, she looked like she was like, what, 25 in the flashback. She looked like she was 70 something in like the present time. But apparently that was supposed to be her. And so every like 30 years, I guess, maybe that's the uh, I don't know how many people in the family get married in in the 30 years. But like, that's the odds of pulling hide and seek, I guess. Well, I mean, I thought Aunt Helen looked pretty age appropriate, but it was funny. Like they showed Aunt Helen at one point and I was like, oh, that I was like, oh, that's the bride from the beginning. And then it immediately shows the flashback to her. And I was like, I figured it out like right before him. But I think um, Charity says she was told. Yeah. One Adam Brody says to her, like, you didn't even hesitate. Yeah. And she's like, you know what my life was like before this. Like, I would have rather been dead than give up on this. Well, and then even Fitch. I love Fitch. But when he's <laughs> like, they're late. And he's like, sorry, like, you know, our like private jet. What? You know, we couldn't fly out and, you know, I can't fly commercial anymore. And like, he, he's just so into the lifestyle that this is provided. Right. I like the little thing about like, oh, they have the kids, they bring the kids and just so disgusting about how friendly she is to her after the wedding. Like, yeah, we didn't show up to your wedding because we were late, but you know, like, hi, honey, kiss on the cheek sort of thing. Also, um, there's cocaine all over my face. <laughs> also there's cocaine all over my face um but the kids if you were not like okay with the kids dying at the end i i like how, what kind of like little shits they made them out to be well at least one of them um what i think is interesting too like for a horror movie you know there there's some explaining to do about like daniel's or alex's motivation and even bringing here here and i think like the movie does a good job where annie mcdowell's later on is like if you didn't believe this, you would have never brought her here. You at least a little bit believe this. And then you also, he's just like, he's going along with this, not telling her anything because he's like, the chances are so slim. Yeah. She, she picks checkers and we're just out of here. And she never has to know what almost happened to her. And I, I, mm. I do think when she draws the hide and seek card, the reactions I thought would have been a little bit bigger from like, his eyes get big from Alex and Daniel looks over like, fuck. But like, I don't know. I, I think they were obviously trying to hide. <laughs> they were trying to hide what was about to happen from her because they, they didn't know what they were doing. They're not like trained killers, but I thought there would have been a bigger reaction. I, yeah. I, the, okay. So he didn't tell her in, in case he, one of the things that was said is she goes, do I have to win? And he says, no, you just have to play. But that's an interesting twist on the deal with the devil, right? Is that even if it is old maid or badminton or checkers or whatever it is, they don't even have to win. I would have liked to see a scenario where they had to at least win those games. And then if they don't, they also explode. Yeah, but I think I think you need to set this up in a way that where that's like this is just a once in a chance outcome that they have to deal with it's not like a thing they do all the time because you are setting up that they're all kind of bitches right like the dad is hiding most of the time when he you know when it really comes to it so i thought one of the more interesting aspects of the whole movie was that this 
deal with the devil that their great grandfather made so long ago with this card gaming dude. It's it basically puts them into like a satanic cult, like they're now a cult. Um, and yeah, if it was, oh, every time one of us gets married, we have to do this. They sacrifice a goat every year for this. It's yeah. like it's like their thing. I don't know. Is that like, I guess that's part of it too. I miss, I miss that in the fine print, I guess. Was that like weird to you? These people like will play a game and kill each other, but like the goat, you're like too far. No, I just, I just find that that's like, is that something they were told they had to do? You have to make a blood sacrifice every year. If you're not going to be, if you're going to not going to do the marriage thing or did they were like, Oh, this is just a, just in case thing. Just, just, just so our stocks go up and our success continues. Yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciated the lack of clarity on that because it kept the movie under 90 minutes, which I think <laughs> is going to be funny. That's pretty key. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I also, one note I had that I just want to say, when I first met Fitch, I was like, I want him to die immediately. And then the movie just completely turns it around to where I'm like, keep Fitch, keep Fitch around. Like, I like Fitch. Um, the, the movie gave him no opportunity to die because he was in the bathroom for 55% of the whole film. <laughs> taking it, taking the longest shit in the world. Or when he's like texting his buddy and he's like, what's <laughs> up? He's like, ah, just some family shit. <laughs> so uh, they tell her they're playing hide and seek and they keep it like, you know, they don't give her the details and they're like, you know, you have to, she's like, well, how do I win? You're like, I, if you don't get found out till dawn. Um, and she's like, well, you have an advantage because of the cameras. And then they send her off. They have a give her a hundred seconds. And I love the creepy music, especially the way it comes back in the end. Um, it's really good. It just like seeing her like nonchalantly, like, Oh, where do I hide? She hides in the dumb waiter as the family's like getting racked up and ready to go. Um, and then it just, it starts from there. I think that's obviously when the movie really takes off. I, I like your point about the movie being way more suspenseful if we didn't know she lived for certain in the end, because as she's like wandering the hall, like she gets bored in the dumbwaiter, she leaves, she's wandering the hallway. She doesn't know the gravity of the situation until she sees that maid die in front of her. But what's interesting up to this point is that because she's so unaware of the, you know, what's about to happen to her, it's really suspenseful. Like the movie builds the suspense like to the top, but not really because you know, you also have like another hour and a half of this movie to go on, you know? And it breaks it up with some very good humor, I think. So that like, there's never, there's never a period of time for more than like five minutes where it's all intense and it's like all scary. Cause then something funny happens. Um, and I think too, what you're waiting on is, you know, she's going to figure it out. The movie can't have her for 90 minutes not knowing what's happening and just evading it. <laughs> it's like Tucker and Dale versus evil right. where they're just like turning around with the blade and accidentally kills every person in the movie. It's it's not going to be one of those things. But what Garrett what Garrett says, too, is like when she does find out and you have that really gory scene with like the maid coughing up blood. Alex tells her, look, go into the back walls and go to this. Meet me at the you know, the doors, one on the left, one on the, on the right. And she's so trying to like take all this in. She confuses the doors, right? Well, That's funny. And then the intense situation with the Butler is intense, but then his like singing to the operatic music. That's funny. So they have this great like measure 
of how to, how they do that. I, I also, I really, really like her use of cursing. Like she swears a lot, but like when she goes and she doesn't know which door and she just goes, fuck. It's like, that's like <laughs> a perfect reaction. Or when she's in the car and she's like on the phone with the, whoever assists with the car and they turn it off and she's like, go fuck yourself, Justin. He's like, all right, well, there's no need for that. I, my favorite of her cursing is at the end when the fire kind of billows and you see Mr. What Bale or whatever his name is. I forget the guy's Le- name. LaBale. LaBale. When you see Mr. LaBale and she's like, fuck, <laughs> like walks away. He gives her like almost like a wink and a nod. Like, all right, you're all right. <laughs> uh, the other little thing here too is like, so Charity wants, is going to go as, as Alex's wife is going to get murdered. She's going to go sleep with him in that room to make him feel better because she doesn't love her husband. Yeah, I think that's the that's whole the part of the gold digging whore. Yeah, but she's already got the gold. Why she? I mean, I think she just doesn't love her husband because he doesn't love her. That's the whore part. Yeah, I don't um, think any members of the family, except for maybe Fitch, are actually happy. And the dad. Yeah, Fitch seems like a good dad guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's okay. He loves I his didn't. Kids. I didn't get that Charity was going to sleep with Alex. She said she walks yeah. in the door and is like, "Alex, do you need some company?" And she sees that he's gone. Oh, well, the way she walks in is very suggestive. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely just a leg, just a leg in the beginning pulls up her dress. I think she's checking herself in the mirror beforehand. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was going down. Um, But yeah, so she, he takes her, uh, Alex comes up behind her and grabs her as like a little jump scare, but you obviously know it's Alex. That's like kind of the thing here and there where it's like that jump scare is like a, definitely a, like a a scary movie beat, but you knew exactly it was going to be Alex the whole time. Because it had to be. But when the maid walks in and then she hears the glass break and she starts to walk back out and gets shot through the fucking head, that was crazy. That yeah. was completely unexpected for me. And and the way they linger on it, too, is she's like gurgling blood. And <laughs> the, the way they ha- all handle it also is just very like the flip of the coin thing so it's like okay heads or tails on which one like which part of the body you're gonna pick up and drag to the what is it to the goat den or whatever i don't know what's the better one you want the legs or the the arms i would Mm. want the legs in that situation because the head was shot off yeah Yeah. as it's touching you i love later on when daniel's like i don't fucking care dad just grab just grab whatever but i Um, I also like how much emily saves grace like three or four different times by killing the wrong person. I'm just so bad at this. I just it's like, daddy, I did it. <laughs> and then, Oh every, my God. Every maid is the dad's favorite. Cause he's like, and then the one maid's like, he just likes the way I dance. I don't even know why I'm here. The way she dies is such like a, like a final destination way to die. And I don't even think that like, I'm pretty sure a dumb waiter is not even strong enough to like split a person in half. Yeah, that part was weird, but it does feel a little bit like, you know, because this is kind of a haunted house movie slightly, right? Not really, but okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it it feels like almost the people that go after Grace, who the people who are not in the family, so have no skin in this game, but are trying to get Grace killed, like are almost mm. punished for it each time by dying. Like they wouldn't die no matter what happens, but they are killed because they're they're helping this this evil family. Um, Hmm. so you already talked about it, but when she goes down to the end of the hall and she picks the wrong door and she just walks out and looks at the family and she's like, oh shit, it starts running is, oh my God, the conversation. That's right. That she's like, she could be anywhere. 
Yeah. Also, her her like tearing her dress off, and then you just see her with her shoes like like ready to go. I don't know. It's uh apparently there was like over thirty something like iterations of her dress because of how many different times she like rips it. She rips off part of it to kill uh the butler who she doesn't actually kill, but you think she does. She like strangles him with it. Um, and then she goes into a room and Daniel finds her, which it's like, it's obvious which room she ran into. So I don't know how the family missed her, but I like when he's just like reluctantly, like I have to call the others. I'll give you a 10 second head start. Um, and at this point is when I realized like how hot charity is in this movie. And she became my favorite character when she walked at this point, it was the point in the movie. I noticed how hot Adam Brody was and he became my favorite character. Dude, he was looking good. How good of a person Adam Brody was. I that it like it definitely threw me, but that is like especially coming off. I don't know if either of you have seen Promising Young Woman. It's not really a spoiler because it's sort of in the beginning. But like, I don't know. I feel like he has this shit heel, shit heel energy. Yeah. That like similar to um Justin Long, right? Like I think <laughs> they they have this thing about them where like you're constantly in a movie like this, like, are they good or are they bad? Like, which one are they going to turn out to be? Like just the way they play it. Yeah. But he's always an actor that I feel like elevates. This is going to sound weird. The smaller the role he has in a movie that either you don't expect him to be in, or he's just in the, like the more he elevates that movie. The other thing too is he um he has like some Ryan Reynolds like sarcasm about him, but like I think he's better at it. I think he's more subtle with it, and I think he like doesn't overuse it in the way that like now Ryan Reynolds like entire personality like every movie Ryan Reynolds has to play Ryan Reynolds. I'm not gonna disagree with you, but that's a hot take. It's fucking yeah. I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds, but I just I you know. Seth Cohen's my boy. You heard it here, folks. Uh, David saying that uh, Adam Brody is a better actor than Ryan Reynolds. Here it is. He's he's certainly better at the like exhausted sigh. Like that's what gets me. So many times in this movie, he walks in, he's just like, <sighs> I I I'm not even a big fan of the Shazam movies, but Adam Brody is definitely the best part of those movies, and he's not even like in it for very long. I also like when. Uh... Uh, Emily's like, Daddy, I forgot my gun. I suck. And you're like, oh, who has... <laughs> Grace never fucking grabs a weapon. The one time she grabs a weapon, it doesn't work. But she doesn't grab the gun when Emily leaves it. She doesn't grab uh, the butler's gun, which I guess turns out to be a dart gun. Like, she, gra- grab weapons. She does grab Emily's gun when Charity... Or Charity's gun when after Charity shoots Adam Brody, remember? That- that's like way late in the movie. She grabs it. It's out of bullets. Every time she grabs a, a gun, it doesn't work. Doesn't she grab Fitch's crossbow and that's what kills the other maid? No, Emily kills Emily, the other maid. Emily, Emily kills all the maids. Oh. except for <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, they decide to turn on the cameras, but uh, they realize Alex is already in there and they break it down. And I like when the dad gets in there and Alex is basically choking him to death. And Daniel's just like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. And, and then the dad hits him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Daniel was like, I distracted him. Didn't I? That's pretty good. Yeah, That's pretty Daniel good. doesn't actually hurt anyone in the movie. Except, uh, one time, except for the, at the very beginning. Well, no, no at the and, end. and the, and the poisoning. 
Yeah, but he even makes a point that they're not going to die. He's like, yeah, I Googled it. They'll shit weird for a week. Well, he does hit Grace with like the butt of the gun to knock her out at the towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah, that's right, at the car. So um, she grabs that gun. There's kind of this like, the, it's sort of the scene I was talking about where it makes it seem like she's going to go on a rampage almost. Grabs the gun, has the like the, the sling of bullets around her shoulder. And then you just, those bullets don't work. But she does like, take the similar to um so in your next we talked about garrett did you ever watch your next oh yeah a long time ago so the you know they put the ke- she puts the kettle on in your next and then throws it at a guy but it had waited so long that the water wasn't even hot anymore <laughs> yeah. but yeah. in this time like in a horror movie if a kettle gets put on that's going on someone's face <laughs> it's like the old writing trope that if there's a gun shown in the beginning of the scene a beginning of the movie it's going to be used to the thing yeah the kettle is the same way although the reveal of like those bullets are decorative solves two huge problems of the movie. One that grace doesn't just go around blowing the fucking family members away around every corner. Right. And two, it also answers the question on why no one in the family grabbed those guns and bullets. Right. Yeah. I well, cause I, I guess I wasn't really paying enough attention to where they got their weapons from and maybe they purposely didn't show it. They were all like, because that game room was full of like dead animals taxidermied up all of the guns that I presume killed those animals were, were also hung around the room. Well, didn't the dad say he's like his charity's like, oh, I have like, I have a gun in my purse and the, the dad is like, no, 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 we have to use, like weapons from grant from great grandfather's day or whatever. And then love- Aunt, Aunt Helene is like, pick and choose, pick and choose. I, oh yeah. I, cause, cause they wanted to turn on the cameras too. Yeah, that's right. I love like if grandfather had cameras, he would have used them. It's just like, we can't be stuck with his technology. Um, so <laughs> I already talked about that. Once again, I just want to packs with the devil, real or bullshit is like, it's so good. I'm mentioning it again. Um, she gets out of, the house and makes it to the stables and she sees georgie and it very surprising her getting shot with like the gun i guess it's emily's gun um and punches him she gets knocked into that like the grave pit and i gotta say like as soon as you see that nail up there i was like oh the hole in her hand she's gonna like fucking catch that on that nail yep uh, one of the things I read is that the, like the directors were worried because that's obviously CGI. They're not going to actually stick her hand through that. And they were worried it wasn't going to be good. And they said that Samara Weaving's like acting on that was so like believable. And it fucking was like it felt like she stuck that through her hand. It's that is an insane scene from the point to where you see the uncle's skeletal body with the two uh arrows stuck in it referencing the beginning of the movie and all the dead goats but but especially when you're just waiting for her hand to go through it the only reason because the stairs broke right the only reason she had enough grip on that thing to pull herself up is because her fucking hand was stuck to the nail insane she also would have probably easily survived till dawn if she had just stayed down there. <laughs> you th- you know, my wife and I were talking about that too. It's like, if she just stayed in the goat pit, would she have survived? Well, w- when the kid wakes up, he'll tell them, right? And I guess if you see uh, like the, the door of the goat pit broken down. Well, they didn't notice goat. that though. 
Well, no, because Adam Brody and and what's her face? Yeah, they didn't notice. A... They did. Yeah, they threw bodies in there. They didn't notice. And the kid was knocked out. He didn't know she fell in there. I guess that's true. I guess she technically could have survived, unless like they when they throw one of the maid's bodies down there, it hits her, and they hear a oh. <laughs> so right after this is another one of my favorite jokes where uh grace is running across the lawn charity sees her she's like got you bitch and she could not have missed worse it is like the it's like clearly the first time she has ever fired a crossbow <laughs> but the confidence of like i'm gonna kill her from like 50 yards i'm gonna nail her <laughs> I wondered that too. Like, why, why give the family members certain weapons that they have never had, like, ever used or were ever good at? Like, giving Fitch the crossbow, who he's never shot a crossbow in his life. Like, at least give him a gun, and then maybe give like the dad, who's a little bit older, give him the crossbow. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Emily is the most proficient because she kills someone with a crossbow, kills two people with guns, like. Honestly, she like her her kill to miss ratio is like pretty fucking great. Uh, it's friendly fire. <laughs> um, so I when she gets off into the road, first of all, she's like squeezing through that fence. She's like, "Is she gonna make it?" You think this car coming along? Oh, her back. Oh, yeah. You think the car coming along might be like the butler, right? Mm-hmm. She gets out there. You you can see like okay this is just a, a different car and the guy's like get the fuck out of the road and Garrett her cursing that's what so I'm saying fucking good. Fucking rich people <laughs> but she just keeps going with like l- lines of cursing that don't flow together but she's just so angry <laughs> um I man when they show her trying to squeeze through the gate and the gate the iron just cutting her back it was probably the grossest thing in the movie. I the nail in the hand it was got me way worse. No, the her the the her back slowly being cut as she's trying to squeeze her away was just like my irk. I was just cringing so hard. Yeah, I mean she really needs medical attention at the end of this movie. <laughs> so there's a little bit it cuts back to the family and um they say something to Daniel about why not he's stopping her and he's like, Do you think this is a fucking game? And he's like, Yeah, hide and seek. Um and then they send him and Emily to go dispose of the bodies. And Emily's like, no, don't send me on that. And she's like, no, no, listen to your mother go. Um, But there's this one point where they're throwing the bodies in and Daniel's like, we deserve to die. She's deserves to live. And Emily's like, my sons don't deserve to die. And that's, it then cuts to, they see Georgie and Georgie's like, yeah, I tried to shoot that bitch. And it shows Daniel's face. And he's like, yes, even your sons. No, no, He said, yeah, I shot her. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, and that was like the, yeah. Um, the family dynamic with this movie and your next is very similar in the sense of like you have the younger daughter who's like daddy's girl and and obviously they're not the villains in your next, but the kind of the rich family um, sibling rivalry stuff is very similar. I think, I think from what I remember, I was never fond of the acting from the other family members in your next. And I was worried because um, what's the name of the guy who plays the father in, in this movie, Henry Zerny, Henry Zerny. I, I'm not a huge fan of his acting he's very good at mission impossible. Yes. But I'm just usually not a big fan of his acting. I was, when he was talking in the beginning, I was afraid he was going to be over the top, like this over the top guy. 
but the movie calls for that so much and the way it fits like for this film i ended up loving it obviously but um their acting is so much better than the your next cast in my opinion well besides that i I think when we talked about it we're like the main actress was really great and everyone else's acting was a little bit no no of course but i I just meant like the the family yeah no i agree i agree um so the butler finds her with the car instead of using the gun she strangles him to death with her dress i love the continued use of the dress because like it's her wedding day and like all the harm that this marriage has caused her it's interesting how like horror movies are pretty great at like you know they have like this symbolism a lot to horror movies and obviously like in this movie it's talking about like the evil like deeds that people have to to commit to get rich sometimes and like the you know how how that can corrupt um but yeah like the use of the dress how she keeps using it to like bandage herself up to kill people with to Mm. like uh, i don't know i really like that whole part of it and um she's going to escape she's in a car she can drive away in one direction to get out of here and then she calls trip safe and the guy's like oh this has been reported stolen i'm sorry i have to turn it off the quickness of the family reporting it stolen is just also hilarious so that that part is a little bit like you just have to like let it go but like it's reported stolen stolen that quickly by i guess the butler who's been passed out or the family whatever and he's like, yeah, we can't turn it back on until the police get there or you'll have to wait for the police, whatever. But then there, the butler, first of all, she was driving pretty fast. Like he caught up to her way too quickly. That made no sense. Uh, like how quickly he got to her. And then the car just immediately turned back on. Oh, like, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe there's a passcode they can use. But all of that was like kind of just like, ah, whatever, just believe it. And, you know, we turned the car off and it turned back on. Um but then the family watching as the butler like turns up the music too loud and just seeing that she's about <laughs> to kick him in the face is so great. That is a brilliant way to do it. And then the slow motion for the actual accident. I, I really like that. And I like that you can see the family on the like iPhone screen. Yeah. As he's driving, they're like, no, no, behind you, behind you. And then when the car flips over, they're oohs and ahs as they're all like surrounding the phone. They're like, ooh, oh, like oh my god it was it did not need to happen but whoever wrote that in was like i know this is gonna be funny so daniel we already talked about knocks her out there's this scene then with alex and his mom andy mcdowell oh i want to say this earlier alex looks like like the spinning image of the guy from suits and they couldn't get the suits guy and so alex got the role which suits oh guy? The- not harvey the the, the other guy Mike's- yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like his like long lost brother. God, they're both white guys. I don't think so, but okay. yeah, clean cut white guys with short hair. Exactly. Um, and I like the line from Alex. This movie does a, a pretty good job of like holding off Alex turning on her until the very end. I think once he like gets to her after Daniel dies, like you kind of know it's about to happen, but when he tells the mom, like, if she dies, I'll kill you. Well I- um I think you hit on the head. It's Daniel's death because he yeah. thinks she killed Daniel when really it was Daniel's wife. Maybe, movie, but also he he looks at her and the way she's backing away, he's like, "Oh, so I'm I've lost you. Well, if I've lost you, you're the only reason that I'm not. You know what I mean? Like you're the only reason I was. You were my escape from this family. He said that before. 
Yeah. Like that is part of why he turns too. I yeah, but Garrett has a point, and I I thought that in the moment of the movie too is that it was Daniel's death that set him off. The movie also did a really good job in like having Daniel die in his arms, not being able to say that it it was charity, or at least not being able to say it wasn't grace, right? Um, and then and then he comes in, maybe even giving giving her the benefit of the doubt. He comes in. As she's just smashing his mother's face in with the box. And which is also kind of funny in the moment because he's like, I don't know. It's like he walks into this, right? Well, Um, there was this line before where uh, he says, I'll choose her over you. And the mom says, I don't believe you. And so then when he sees his wife killing his mom, he is taken aback by it. Even though he's, he's like left this family for so long. You know who took that death really well like better than i thought what could have been acting was the dad uh no i mean he got down on his knees and was like oh no (laughs) oh no okay we gotta really hurry up and do this ritual right now um (laughs) well there is time was of the essence because they had like less they had what an hour left when the crash happened and then daniel fucks it up so then they're like we have to kill her right now and uh yeah Alex like grabbed her. We didn't talk about her pistol whipping charity. First of all, she hits the dad in the face several times with the lantern after he's been poisoned and he comes back. She pistol whips charity. Charity comes back. Like all these people are still alive. And then we get to the final time for the ritual. And it's all been set up to where aunt Helen has said, Alex is going to be the one to kill her. The mom's like, you'll choose us over her. It's him there about to stab her, and we're like, is he actually going to go through with it? And he does, but he misses. Well, she turns. How does he? She turns. How does he? Yeah, she turns and gets stabbed in the shoulder. She just turns? Who was holding her? Oh, I think Fitch. she. I think she, like, pulled, yeah, she pulled out of Fitch's grasp or whatever. Maybe Aunt Helen's. I forget which side. And it then hits Dawn, and Aunt Helen's like, it's too late. And then I think this is a very cool aspect of the movie. The movie makes you believe, oh, fuck. This was not real. Yeah. And as it's doing that, you're like, oh, that's an awesome ending. And then as soon as Aunt Helen's like, fuck it, we're going to kill her anyway to make up for failing. Also, we can't leave a witness, too, is the big thing. Right, because Fitch is like, what do we do with her? And then it shows how evil they are. Um, Then they start exploding. And I think that is played pretty perfectly. It was so unexpected to me, which kind of threw me off upon a first viewing. But I think it is played really well. I agree that that pause and then Fitch being like, "Oh, like we're fine. What are we gonna do with her?" Before Aunt Helen, Aunt Helen is like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna hit her with my battle axe because we gotta dispose." And then the explosions, and then immediately after Aunt Helene explodes, all of the other family members who married in are like, "I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it." Like. <laughs> My favorite death is the two kids and the mom, and she runs out of the room with her kids, and all you hear are pop. Because you can't show kids exploding on. I was like wondering how they're going to do it, and so I think that is kind of the perfect way to like, like as like someone who watches a lot of movies, like you don't really show kids dying on screen. Like it happens every once in a while, and you're always like, "That's really fucked up." So like them running off screen and it happening, I think is like kind of the perfect way to play it um having alex being saved to the end was awesome also and she as they start exploding she like she just starts laughing at the deaths i think is very funny um 
yeah, no, that part is great. And then she sees LaBelle and she's like, fuck. And this is a I good... Wanna, I want a divorce. <laughs> she throws the ring at him. This it's, is a... That's uh, a huge mistake. What? I mean, she does not want a divorce, right? She's the only one left. So this is a question on the internet that a lot of people like brought up. One, does what happens after this? Does she inherit everything or does she go to jail? Like a lot of people think, oh, she'll get charged with this. But there's so much evidence of her getting shot through the hand, her getting stabbed by the knife, the bodies in the goat pit, like the other people, all these people that have been murdered and her being brought into this, that it's like there's no way she gets charged with anything. Like there's a lot of fucking weird shit that happened in this house. But at the end of the day, there's so much evidence of like this family having done wrong things for years that she's, she'll be fine and she'll probably inherit a a tidy sum. There's also this question on like, and it answers it, but it's kind of, it's kind of weird if you think about it is her family. And it, it, it answers it by saying she, she's a foster kid. Right. Right. So she wouldn't have any, I guess she would invite her foster parents or any of her foster siblings there. That's why she wanted to get married, right? Is to have a family because she didn't have anyone. I understand that. But then Charity's line about being like, you don't know where I've been before we got married. And then I guess Fitch was maybe also a nobody. Do the family innately like try to marry people who have no outer family? I don't know. I don't know if it matters that because they don't do any of the killing until after the wet, right? So everyone probably goes home and then it's just the family and it's it's so rare that they have to actually murder someone that I guess, I guess. But it's just weird to me how it's like, oh, just conveniently she's a foster kid who has no family. I mean, yeah, but that's also it's also convenient for the movie that she drew hide and seek. Um, do you want to know who was considered for the role of Grace? Who? Margot Robbie, obviously. Of course, of course. And then here's a, there's a lot of interesting spoiler, like spoiler type facts that I found. So in the original draft, Grace dies. Um, but they changed it to like the ritual not working, like what we actually saw. That's pretty interesting. I was actually thinking of like, so I like the ending, but I also thought it kind of, I don't know, it led itself into sort of an obvious way, but I was wondering if like in a movie like this, if you have it to where like the the supernatural elements of it are real, where you're playing it that way, like if you could have a scenario where like they kill her, but it turns it like then she comes back like in like on in an almost immortal way, what I thought would have been like an interesting thing. But it is like the I think the ending works so well because of Samara Weaving's acting and just like that she starts laughing and like the, just the way she plays the ending really fucking works. Her comedy is so good at the end. Yeah. Like, like she's people are blowing up or exploding like in front of her. She's getting painted in blood and she's just chuckling. It, I don't know. I think it's so good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining Margot Robbie or any other, like that type of actress in the role, like even Anya Taylor, right? And I'm like, they would probably be good, but they would bring something a lot different to Samara. To Samara, and and I don't know. It's it wouldn't be this movie if it was anyone else, but it would still be good. But I just don't think it would be this movie. One thing I really liked about this movie and her in particular, this is the first time I ever saw her in anything. 
Um, and so like, I, there's no, with Margot Robbie, you would have a lot of like background and thoughts like, oh, obviously you can't kill her. And even with Anya Taylor-Joy, you'd be like, oh, she's obviously going to be a badass. But with Samara Weaving, I had no idea what. That's a good point too. Yeah. I think after seeing the menu, like Anya Taylor-Joy would have been also been great in this. Yeah. Margot Robbie, I think is like, that's like an interesting, but obviously she could do it. Well, with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who's been in The Witch and The Menu and survived both of those, I, there were points in that movie where I didn't think she would live at the end. Yeah, no, yeah. Because she also, as an actress, seems kind of game, right, yeah. to, to die in a movie. Like, she doesn't exactly. seem like, you know, there's a lot of actors who are like, no, I live in the end. And I don't think she doesn't feel like that. The last thing uh, I read, there's a bunch of stuff, but this one I thought was funny the MPAA requested they translate the Latin in the film so that they could properly give it a rating because they were, I guess, worried that something like really fucking bad was going to be in there. But I mean, this is obviously an R, so it's like, I don't know how the Latin would have put it up to an NC-17. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it kind of fits it too, right? Because these like white bread rich families speaking Latin. Yeah. Oh, oh, and uh, apparently uh, Samara Weaving in her fight with Annie McDowell was like pretty early on in filming. And she like actually hit her with the box <laughs> like accidentally. And they were like, oh, like, oh, fuck. Like, but everything turned out all right. I um, I had been looking forward to this movie for like years. And so, you know, I a little bit said earlier, I was disappointed in it, like because of my expectations. But this is it's a really great movie that I know I'm going to watch several times more because, you know, horror movies, you have to normally be in the right mood for, but like this, the menu, um, you're next. Like I've really kind of discovered that like a big, like subset of, of a genre movie that I love is like the people underestimate a person who like either seeks revenge or like, it just fucking wipes people out or like in this case, it's just really surviving. Right. But I don't know. This is a, I was, I'm even in being like slightly like not sure where the story was going and like it went against my expectations. This was really great. Well, the, but, the directors who made it now, they're the ones like revamping the scream franchise. Right. And so I think oh, that's cool. I didn't this know This was their like, yeah, this is what got them that because I think yeah. they've done five and six so far. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing too is like, I guess just comparing it to your next is that this for me, your next uh, to get where it you know really got going took forever. Big build up for that. This movie just like right off the jumping point, just like we know what we are, we know what kind of movie this is. We're gonna let you know immediately. And I really appreciate that. It was just like a nonstop thrill ride from beginning to end. And I liked it a lot better than I thought I was. I didn't realize it was going to be such a comedy either. I thought it was more going to be on the horror side. So the fact that it was, it delves so hard into being funny and knowing it was funny. Yeah, I am with you. I think this is like, this is not just like a Halloween October movie. You could literally put this on at any time and just like enjoy the shit out of it. So very easy to watch final well, thoughts thanks for Gary? or you don't want to give you don't what are you doing he wow. said very easy to watch that was his final thoughts you had a spiel i had a spiel i was giving our friend garrett a chance to have a spiel 
No, he gave him a chance and he fucked it up. No, I think <laughs> that's, the, up. that's the perfect elevator pitch. It's very easy to watch. It's very funny. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. I'm Garrett. And this is David. And we finally watched Ready or Not.